Welcome to Under 30, the podcast with the Youth Partnership. Today, we are speaking about sustainability within the context of learning mobility. And today with us, we have Manfred and Georgia, uh, who have been working on this topic for several years now within different contexts. And as all of us in the youth sector uh, have been concerned about the questions of sustainability, but also very passionate about learning mobility activities uh, and all the value and education that that brings to young people across Europe. So I will start first by inviting both Georgia and Manfred to introduce themselves and say a little bit about what you do uh, and how you're connected with the work on sustainability and learning mobility. Yeah, thank you very much, Lana. And thank you for having me in, in this round. I'm Manfred, Manfred von Hebel. I'm working for the German National Agency for European Youth Programs, Erasmus Plus Youth and European Solidarity Corps. And of course, climate change, environmental protection have been a big issue in the program uh, in many, many projects all throughout the recent years. And it has even increased now with the importance of the issue uh, in society and globally, of course, but also now because with the new program generation since 2021, we also have climate change, environmental protection, sustainability as a program priority. And this is really also something very feasible in the program. It has increased still the interest and the implementation and the application of projects with this issue. And one last thing, maybe together with EPLM and many, many very committed stakeholders, we were carrying out a conference at the beginning of this year in Bavaria on this issue, where we also saw how big the community is of people who are committed in this field and have enormous expertise and experience. So that was a great thing to see how we can bring learning mobility, as you said, also together with aspects of climate change and environmental protection. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. Yeah, my name is Giorgio Verna. I'm a young journalist from Italy, and I'm part of the European Pool of Young Journalists. And so I came across to the BLM conference this year, basically because I was one of the journalists who had to cover this event, not only with videos and also photos, but also with articles and interviews. And it was very challenging to talk with a lot of people and know a lot about not only learning mobility, but also how it is connected to sustainability. And this is why I was so happy to not only meet all these people, but also have the possibility and the chance to write about it and know more about it. Manfred already mentioned the APLM conference, which was held in, in February and March in Munich, and it was hosted by the German National Agency. And this is where really these questions of sustainability, climate change, and learning mobility came together. Uh, we know that at the institutional level, at the policy level, uh, this has become a priority for the EU, for the Council of Europe now, also following the Reykjavik Declaration. Um, and also learning mobility has been given a boost after the COVID pandemic, particularly trying to see how do we restart the learning mobility and how do we make sure that more young people have opportunities to participate in these activities. But sometimes we have this question what is the connection between the two? Because learning mobility in itself involves a lot of travel and it is sometimes an activity that may be seen as contradictory to sustainability and to sustainable approaches to education and training and traveling. So after the conference, but also from your work on this question, what would you say is the link between the two uh, and how can we also overcome this apparent dilemma between the two concepts? It's indeed the dilemma, as you said, and you put that very nicely already that you said how 
how can we connect it and not make it a contradiction? I think that is really the, the big challenge. So we have on one hand the, the urge and also I would say the need for learning mobility in a cross-border way. We see that very clearly now. We were, of course, worried. We, we had a, a strong impact on the pandemic on, on mobility within the youth programs. We had really low application numbers, but now this year, we really see that the wheel is turning again and that the request is really raising enormously, that we, that we really have a lot of, lot of applications. And, and as I said, within these applications, we also have a lot of projects that, that deal with exactly this question, how can we make learning mobility more sustainable? What do we have to keep in mind? I think for learning mobility programs, if we want to make a distinction to other for forms of mobility or tourism, we, we at least have a chance to, to set up projects that, that make sustained mobility to be in the terms of, of the conference also an issue of the project so that, that we can use the learning within one mobility project also to, to raise awareness, to change the project as such, to think about the location that you choose, uh, the means of transportation that you choose, maybe also the way of catering. So there's a lot of things that you can tackle through your mobility so that that learning really takes place and maybe changes also the, the awareness of young people and also the consciousness for their own mobility, not only within the project, but also maybe beyond the project. I completely agree with Manfred, and I think one of the most important things to keep in mind is exactly the fact that sustainability as a definition, we always try to put it in the framework of eco-biosustainability. But as we have learned from the conference, me especially, I have learned that there are more and more examples of sustainability, the social one and also the economical one as was explaining also, Marfred, that we have learned it also through the pandemic. And I think in my experience of learning mobility, I've made some Erasmus project and I made also a double degree abroad in Brussels. And one thing that it's very uncommon to think about is exactly the social sustainability to keep in mind also during the learning mobility, to be able to include everyone and to be able to put all the same opportunities to every student that want to go abroad. Uh, when we go abroad also, when we do a conference like this and have the possibility to talk about sustainability, learning mobility and all these kind of issues, we are a specific category of people that can do that and have the economical opportunity to do so. But one way to be sustainable in the learning mobility is exactly to try to have the same opportunities for everyone. And I think we should start for also from small things I have met an amazing student during the EPLM conference. Uh, he, was, he was coming from France and he said that he started to learn a lot of languages just to have the possibility to talk with all the people, as many people as he can. And also he learned the sign language to talk with other students and try to be as inclusive as possible because his thought was, I want to be part of it. I want to include these people in the conversation. I want to know about their story, and I need to uh, destroy the barriers that we have between each other. And so one way also, it's not only from the eco point of view, as Manfred was saying, maybe trying to understand how you go from one place to another, so trying to avoid the planes and all this kind of stuff, but also trying to figure all the aspects of sustainability to be as sustainable as possible.
Thank you for touching upon this point, because I think that whenever we take on board the concept of sustainability, there is this tendency only to focus on environment. No, there is uh, talking about traveling, talking about how many people should go and where we should live, what should we eat and, and so on. And yeah, there's different aspects of social and, and economic sustainability. They kind of rarely show, at least from what I see and what I follow, if we can explain this a bit, well, what it means, this social and economic sustainability, this will be maybe good for our um, listeners to understand what we are talking about. And also, since we know as well, um, when it comes to especially the environmental sustainability, that there are a lot of dilemmas. Manfred already mentioned some, and, and you, Georgia. What are the other dilemmas, especially related to, to social and economic sustainability? If we can have a little bit of discussion about that, that would be great. That was, um, that was a very strong also personal learning experience in the PLM conference. Um, and I was very happy to see that, that we were, of course, from our perspective of national agencies and being being in charge of such a big program, um, we had very much this, this mobility focus, like uh, how can we move people and what incentives can we give? And the conference turned that very much as for me into, into this really social dimension and and i learned that we really have to take care and be be very aware of that that sustainability is not cheap and it's not for free and we really have to work for it and we really have to include people into it so first of all what does it mean when you live in a more environmental way when you are more climate conscious it means that your life becomes more expensive maybe because you eat other food you have to buy organic food or you want to buy organic food so that is that is not not possible for a lot of people who can just not afford to, to buy very costly things so they have to um, come back to to cheap offers of cheap food or maybe also when it comes to meat uh, we see when we go to supermarkets how how cheap meat is at least I see that very often in, in German supermarkets. So, um, and how these things are connected and how we can also use our learning programs to make people more aware of this and also think about solutions on how to be more conscious, but also be more inclusive in this way. So that was, I think, social inclusion and sustainable mobility was a, a very big issue in the conference. Maybe it was the most important aspect or one of the most important aspects that came out of this conference, how these are connected. And the good thing, I think, about Erasmus Plus is that we have the two priorities that we can use to bring these things together. We can promote projects. We can encourage young people uh, to set up projects that deal with inclusion aspects on one hand and mobility aspects on the other aspect. So this was a, a very important thing and, and my strongest personal learning, maybe. Thank you, Manfred. You raised very important points and topics. For example, the one about the economical struggles. You know, for example, I have in Italy, if you want to be a vegetarian, for example, or a vegan person, it is very complicated since in Italy we don't have as many opportunities for vegan and vegetarian people, for example. And so this is something that also when you travel abroad and go from one place to another, you need to keep in mind the price of the food that you will find in the place that you are going to, you know. And so it is important to underline that social sustainability is something linked 
to the human rights and the relationship between the others to have equal opportunities and to focus on the community. Rather, the economical point of view is more connected to the prospect of the economic opportunities that we have. So these three points are strongly connected also when we travel from one place to another. And it is very important also for people to have a definition like that. I've met this girl that's called Flavia Seren. She is from Romania, but she was great in Italy. She came in Italy when she was very young. And right now she's part of the Lunaria Association. And she was explaining to me how sustainability, the concept of sustainability, especially social sustainability, really saved their life. Because having a definition, something that explains how to be more inclusive as possible. Also for her as a person with some disabilities, she's deaf from the from when she was younger and she has several disabilities in, in Tolkien, for example. She was explaining this, just the definition of social sustainability, so something that is trying to be more inclusive as possible for her was something life-changing. And it is a concept that is trying to uh, teach to a lot of young students also when she's doing uh, project abroad or travel with, student, with the projects of, of Lunaria. I think it's really amazing to understand the importance of definitions and the importance of a correct word, a correct definition to be more inclusive. These questions of social and economic sustainability also sometimes raise the point of differences depending on the context, depending on each person's needs. So I think one of the aspects of the conference that was also highlighted was that we cannot apply the same kind of mode of thinking to every young person that is involved in mobility activities. So while we should be always thinking about things such as sustainable travel, we also need to weigh it a bit, for example, inclusion and young people coming from the remote areas or rural areas who might not always have an opportunity uh, to take trains or to come in a more economic, more sustainably efficient way of traveling, etc. So I think also these kind of different layers of inclusion uh, that uh, impact on sustainability always need to be on minds when we are conducting mobility activities in a sustainable way. I was thinking if you know of any practical implementations of what we are talking about, of how young people and youth organizations actually are making sure that sustainability is there in mobility projects. Of course, we mentioned some of them already, but um, if you know any practices that are maybe something that you actually promote, like in the German national agency or uh, the projects that are already implemented, how is it done actually in, in youth mobility projects? Wow, there's such a, a big variety of, of different projects. What we did, what, what was also part of our work plan within new climate change priority in the program, we developed a guideline, some guidelines for, uh, for practical implementation. Uh, that was our intention on how to create and implement a project that, that is sustainable. And one learning also from this exercise and also from the conference was that we as national agencies, we know a lot of mobility, but we don't have a lot of expertise and experience uh, with the world outside. So it was so great to see the cooperation in this project, but also in the conference and how many people really know so much more than us about sustainability. So that was really a, a great enrichment also for, for the guidelines that, that we put together. And it was just ready before the, the summer holiday. I took it with me in the summer holidays and I, I read through it and it was really just 
just great to do that because I felt, okay, it's very nice guidelines to help set up a project. But in the end, when you look at it, it goes far beyond only doing a project. It reaches out to your own personal life. And that, that is really nice because it covers all the different aspects from, from how you can improve your mobility, uh, your personal mobility also like Lana said it already. Why can we take trains and buses more, much more often? Now, what can we do to avoid playing? So, and we, we have all these guidelines now here, and all of these different aspects they they are accompanied with some practical, good practice examples that are described very, very briefly. Sometimes it's uh, little local certificates that are issued uh, for certain activities. Sometimes it's it's a plan like shared bikes or this, these carriage bikes, a shared system uh, on how to use them at local level, how you can also integrate these kind of local environmental friendly transportation within your projects, how you can make your project become a traveling tra- project as such so there there is loads of of ideas and projects that's that's really good to see that and i think that's also a bit our our task as eplm or as national agencies or as journalists to to talk about this and and make these many 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 good examples also visible and and transfer them to others because that is really something where you learn much more than, than if we tell them, please make your project more sustainable. So when you really see and, and touch a project and see how it's done, that makes it much more easy and it's much more an incentive to, to do it the same way. So just to follow up on Manfred, because within the EPLN, we have actually been gathering different practices from different countries uh, following the conference. And it was really inspiring to see different aspects of sustainability that uh, different organizations are using in their daily work. So we had also examples concerning art, for example, concerning different types of sustainable living, etc. So we will soon be publishing a compendium of inspiring practices in this regard. And of course, there are many other resources that we have such a study on sustainability and learning mobility uh, that, uh, that was published uh, within the work of the EPLM, the background paper explaining uh, different uh, understandings of sustainability and also many other inspiring tools and resources from the youth sector. At the youth partnership, we have the sustainability checklist, uh, which we developed in cooperation with the Joint Council on Youth of the Council of Europe, but also in cooperation with various youth organizations. But we see every day that within the youth sector, uh, everybody's taking on this topic uh, very seriously and very passionately and really developing different resources. And uh, every day we have more inspiring practices. Uh, So whether it is kind of buying fair trade or buying local for events uh, or focusing on really teaching sustainability at each of the events, regardless of what the topic is uh, and kind of practically implementing sustainability within the activities. Okay, thank you. I was wondering what what kind of vision do we have for sustainability? Because there's probably a lot of questions we can discuss and probably will not find answers to many of them. I mean, one of them that comes to my head is how the youth organization can actually measure the impact on sustainability. Is there anything there in the pipeline to support actually youth organizations to measure this impact? But what's the vision for sustainability in learning mobility? Where are we going? How do you see it in the in the future, or maybe what's your dream as well, because that's also uh, valid and important. Personally, I think there are three main points that we need to underline. First of all, I think one of my dream is to, of course, raise awareness. So as we were saying before, to have 
more and more people that can talk about sustainability, learning mobility, and have a more complex understanding of the topic. Uh, second of all, I would really like to uh, try to be as sustainable as possible because when you understand and you have the definition, you really look at your life and your lifestyle and you really understand how are you sustainable or not. You know, how, how many trains do you get? How many planes do you, do you get to come from one place to another? How much money do you spend on food? How much money do you spend on, for example, going out uh, with friends, basically, also because not everyone is able to do the same things. And so also trying to understand how your impact is on the world. And thirdly, and most importantly, something that we really said a lot, and Lana will confirm it during the EPLM conference, was be nice to yourself and uh, fight for the b bigger outcome. But remember not to stress your, yourself too much because after understanding and raising awareness, understanding your lifestyle, how it's sustainable, one of the dilemmas and the outcomes can be stress related to trying to be as sustainable as possible. I've talked to a lot of young students that suffer from eco-anxiety and eco-hunger. And so the, those are kind of conditions where students have anxiety because of the fear of the end of the world, the fear of not being able to try to be part of the climate change, to intervene on the climate change. And so those are outcomes. So we need to be kind to ourselves and try to do our best. And so this is my dream for the future where we can fight for the bigger outcome with not stressful environment, but with an environment that is peaceful and try to, to fight for the climate altogether. That was so super beautiful, Georgia. <laughs> very nice, very nice to say that because I think that's also very important for us. So that that is not only about doing a job in this field, but it's so much connected to your personal individual life. And I don't want to say, okay, you have to be a role model, but you just need to act in a in a coherent way. So you kind of go and make your project more sustainable, and yourself, you're you're not really following certain ideas or concepts. What I think is uh, what makes it different, and maybe that's also a little bit can be a little bit of an answer to what, what Georgia described as some kind of eco-anxiety or something, is that we, that we have a learning environment or that we could provide a learning environment that is not so, so strict and formal. So we, we have this non-formal learning opportunities provided by, by the programs and where, where you can maybe more experience what, what can be done. You learn things that are complex and that are difficult and that is also maybe scary for, for many people. Of course it is. It, in reality, it is scary, but not to panic and, and learn how to deal with it. And I think the, the learning environment that, that potentially the programs provide through their activities can help to overcome this also a bit because you can try out things, you can learn how other people do it, or you can um, create new ideas. So I think that that is very important and maybe that we should also take this as a kind of uh, responsibility for us as national agencies or trainers or whoever is, is implementing the programs. So this individual aspect is, is very, very important and, and I see an opportunity there. But one other aspect I also learned and I learned more and more, we also have to think about how to uh, connect to each other, how to have a good 
cooperation at the, at the political level, because at least somehow in, in Germany, I feel there's also a strong opposition, a strong denial of, of climate change, for instance, or a strong opposition uh, against certain certain things that need to be implemented to stop CO2 emissions, all this. So, so it's not self-standing. Not everyone thinks in the same direction. And I think we, we need each other. Uh, we need the partners, the people who have knowledge, the expertise, scientists, but also NGOs who work for a long time with a lot of uh, commitment in this field. So we, we need to work together also to raise the awareness, as Georgia said, but also to to strengthen ourselves, to support ourselves in this, let's say, more political or strategical necessities that we have to overcome. So it's also not the case that everyone says, okay, there is climate change and we have to do something against it and I will start here and here. There are a lot of people who just don't care or say this is not really necessary or, well, it's just weather. Thank you both. I think it has been really inspiring. We have been talking about this topic, as I said, for, for quite some time in the context of learning mobility. Uh, and I think some of the things that are important to remember is that while we can all live more sustainability, we can all bring more balance and sustainability to our lives, through our actions. Uh, we can also share the message about it and how to do it. And we can also inspire with our, uh, with our example and our practices. Um, but it is also important uh, to acknowledge what Manfred mentioned is that we need to collaborate and we need to cooperate on this topic uh, because sustainability is not something that only one generation or one sector can tackle together. Uh, it is a joint effort uh, and uh, the one that requires us to consider all different aspects of sustainability, but also all the different stakeholders and different sectors because we are all contributing to it together in a positive or negative way. So it is up to all of us to work together to create a more sustainable future.